Can you explain that? How did you blow up on YouTube? I'm always in, in the ring with another fighter and I'm just waiting for a shot. And when that dude puts his hands down, I'm gonna fucking punch him in the face as hard as I can. But then I realized, why am I letting these guys tell me what the fuck to do? This is my life. And that was like my accidental million dollar strategy. To be honest with you, I just moved into real estate out of fear. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, oh, what a great business mind you are. You thought about that. No. So you never had a mentor. It was just, you just Mentor, heard. dude, I would pay anyone to fucking teach me something at yeah. this point. No one ever teaches me shit. Hey guys, so welcome to Driven. I'm here with uh, Salamondrin, better known as Alejandro. That's welcome. right. Hey, thank you so much hey. for having me, Albert. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm super, super, super excited. It's like uh, unreal to have you here. And, and uh, thank and, you. And, it, and it's so cool that we're both from Mexico City, both Chilangos. I know. So hide your wallets, everyone. People from Mexico will know what I'm talking they, about. They stole my wallet in the Estadio Azteca one time. Did they? Yeah, of I have, course. I was watching the America. No, it was actually Mexico playing. Mexico was playing. And my uncles told me like, hey, Albert, sacate la cartera y póntela enfrente. You know, like put your wallet in, the, in your front pocket. And I just said, no, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. So they said, no, they'll, they'll like wrestle you, get too close to you. There's a lot of people. And then they'll snivel it out. And I said, that's all right. And then they, they surely did that. Is, is that typical? Absolutely. Come on, at least you got the, the nice one. I've seen, I've been in, uh, uh, so when I was a kid, I used to live in like everywhere in Mexico City. You know Coyoacan? Yeah, yeah. So I used to go to the Mercado de Coyoacan all the time because you could get like uh, fake video games and all that stuff at a really good price. So I went for the discounts, obviously, yeah. buying responsible. And I would be there uh, just waiting. And I remember just standing there while the guy was burning a CD. I can't remember what video game I was playing. Uh, I was waiting for And I remember just waiting, waiting and all of a sudden I felt someone just go like this underneath my ass cheek. And I go, whoop. And I immediately just by instant, I went like this and I grabbed the guy that had a knife that was cutting my pocket to just get my wallet from the back. That's wow. pretty, that's, that's a pretty clean job. If you ask me, that's cleaner than the pushing you and taking your wallet away. That's that crazy. happens all the time. And my dad's from Tepito. Oh yeah. <laughs> shit. That's so, some serious shit. So, so I, I've been there. I've seen everything. I've, I've been everywhere in Mexico City. Okay. Acapulco was my favorite place to go party. Alebrije, uh, Baby O. That's, hang on. But you have, it in, you have it in your blood. All Mexicans love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I remember what it smells like. <laughs> Every single time I think about Alebrije. Ah, I don't know why. It's comfortable. Punta Diamante. Punta and Diamante, The new place course. I started building over there. Yeah, yeah. That was like, maybe going back seven years was my last time that I was going crazy partying over there. But... <laughs> I'm I'm really really excited because uh, like I've I found out so many similarities between us like same age Mexico City started businesses and different kinds of business because you do a lot of different things. Unfortunately, I do. So we we go from real estate to watches to uh, uh, man alcohol like we do mezcal uh, clothing man I mean wheels CBD uh, THC. Um, what else do we have? Re Did I say real estate already? Real estate. Okay. I have a marketing company and, uh, now for the first time ever, I got offered a seven figure job, a marketing job, a seven figure marketing job, which I've, that's a first for me. 
a big company hit me up and they're like, I, I, I've been meeting with all of the big hunches at that company. Yeah. It's been sick. Cause I have a small marketing company. I used to be a film producer too. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of what I do and a little bit more. I consult and whatever I can to make yeah. a dime. So I'm really curious about the marketing, but before that, like for people that might be new to you, which yes. there's probably not a lot, plenty, everybody knows you, but uh how did alejandro start like did you did, did you come from a poor family middle class or were you like already with some money no so we i had a really weird upbringing right where which is not weird it's just a normal like fashion my mom didn't have much growing up and every now and then she would come into some that she would work some more she would be in a better place and then some others not right so growing up it was a struggle as a kid because I went to private school. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I was really young, my dad passed away when I was four and I was fortunate enough to already be enrolled in school. I was four or five. And uh, as you know, in Mexico, you can go to school the whole time, like all of your life to the same school. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I had going on for me. They were like, we were already in school and they were like, all right, you and your brother can come here for free. And we had some, like, every, like in every private school, there's friends that can buy shit, like that have more money than yeah, yeah. normal. And, as a kid, you don't really think about what I have and what I'm lacking, but it's more of a necessity. Like anything that you really need, it's when you start to notice that you're missing stuff. To me, it was never the, oh, mom, can you buy me this toy? And she would be like, no, I never gave a shit. But when it came to, I'm hungry, and what are we going to do for food today? Let's go and search in our drawers and open up and try to find 10 pesos so that we can go to the store and buy churrumais con limoncito at the store so that you can eat that all day. Yeah. That's when you have a problem. So I want to say that, that my story comes from a place where I got put against the wall when I was really young and I didn't know that. So I just, I did what I do. I survived. I just had to, what am I missing here? Eating well, like everybody else. What am I missing to eat well? Money. The fuck can I do to make money? So at the time there was a guy selling sneakers, uh, t-shirts and socks. Uh, do you know Fila, the brand Fila? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was really popular back in the day in Mexico when they came out with the air uh, with the air uh, sneakers. The Grand Hill, Grand Hill used to wear Fila. Yeah, dude. When Grand Hill was wearing that, that's when they brought him to Mexico, and this guy somehow had a license to sell this shit. Yeah. So he brings it to me, trying to sell it to me, knowing my mom, and my mom's like, "We're not buying any of this shit." And the guy, and I told the guy, "You know what? Give me some of that shit. I can sell it in school to my friends. They'll buy it." Like, I want these shoes, but my mom can't buy them. But maybe if I take him to school, people will want them. Uh, he gave me one pair. He gave me a shirt, pair of socks, and I sold everything in school that day. Wow. So I came back, gave him the money, said, here's the money. Give me more shit. And he started giving me more stuff. So I started working like that and figure. And, and it was not nothing more than I need to do this so that I can eat. Nothing else. And then from there, it evolved that uh, when and I did that when I was like 13, 14 years old or maybe younger. I, I don't really remember. Yeah. And then from there, it became at 16. I had this passion for cars. I love them. And there's all these beautiful dealerships and my friends were really into cars. And I would go to every dealership to be annoying as fuck because I wanted to see all the cars in Mexico. Yeah. And I met a guy that was selling used cars from Europe to uh, uh, in Mexico. Mm hmm. And to me, that was big because nobody could bring crazy cars. There was only very few people that could have crazy cars. And I remember my friend's parents, some of them that have crazy money, were like, man, I wish I could get a Ferrari, but, you know, buying them here is too expensive. And this one guy had told me that he got a, 
I think it was a 360 back then mm -hmm. or a 355, either a 360 or a 355. And the price was easily 20% cheaper than in Mexico. So I went to my friend's dad and I was like, I can bring you this car. And he goes, there's no way. And I'm like, I swear to God, my friend, I worked with him. He's going to do the whole thing. And that dude trusted me first. And we got the first order in, got him the car. And after I got him the car, more people started calling. So I started doing that. And by the time I graduated high school and listen, I lived with my mom. So she paid my fucking rent, which mm -hmm. is incredible. And it's so helpful. And people don't understand how valuable that is because you can keep all of your money and you can save. And this is a chance for you to really grow. So from there, saved all my money and uh, my how, best. How much did you save by that time? It was not that much. It was a uh, uh, more or less like a couple hundred grand, if that. And uh, it was from 17 to like 19. From 17 to 19, you saved a couple like hundred? Like 16 and a half to A couple 19. hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yes. Not best. Okay. No, because I was selling super expensive cars. Okay, okay. So you got to think, if I'm making even $10,000 on a car that I'm selling, and at some point I'm selling mm. more and more, mm -hmm. then it starts to stack up. So I saved all my money because what am I going to do? At some point, I started spending it stupidly going to clubs, which was really dumb. And I only did that for like five, six months. Okay. And after that, I was like, this is dumb. My friend Rodrigo goes, I'm going to move to New York. And I hate change. I've always had the same friends. I've always been in the same circle. But when that dude told me that he was going to New York, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to New York with him. He goes, what are you going to do in New York? I was like, I don't know, man. I'll just I'll figure this out. So I went to New York with my money. I We rented an apartment for a year. That's basically what I had. We wouldn't go out. Uh, and then it was a matter of like, how can I stay there? Because Rod's an American citizen. Mm -hmm. I was like, how can I stay here? And the easiest way, because at first I tried to get a job at a gym. Believe it or not, I used to be jacked in really good shape <laughs> and I look great. And uh, I tried to get a job and they were like, you don't have a green card. You don't have a worker's permit. You can't work here. I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? So Rodrigo told me, why don't you just go to school and get a student visa? Well, I don't want to go to school. That sounds horrible. That's why I'm not in Mexico anymore. Like, I need to figure this out. So I can't remember how acting came about. And I remember finding a course that was so cheap, so cheap. It was less than $10,000 for a year. Yeah. And they would give you a one-year visa. I was like, I'm getting in there. So I did that. And I stayed, I, I started to learn English because at first I, I knew English, but I couldn't speak English. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? You know, yeah, like yeah. when you first go into somewhere where you're getting in a cab and you can tell the cab like, yeah. oh, I want to go here. Like none yeah. of that. If Rodrigo would pass out in the cab, I was done. Like if the dude was drunk at night and we were both riding and I had to get home, if he was out, I couldn't talk to the cab driver. <laughs> it was that wow. bad. So I went to school. I learned that. I fell in love with acting. I fell in love with making people laugh. I also figured... From that, I learned that I was very good at reading people mm -hmm. uh, just because of the acting. Like, you're going to sit there and wait and see their reaction. And all of that really helped me personally. At the same time, I started uh, uh, because I've always done done stuff. I've always been interested in doing more and learning more and, and, and all of that. Um, after a while, I started working with some friends that wanted to do uh, in New York, like had their own, like the, the parents have money and I want to do this business. And I started getting involved and learning from all of them. Then I moved to New York, uh, to L.A. And uh, in L.A., what I did was I'm going to go back to uh, uh, get another year of a student visa, mm -hmm. do that. And then I started working. So I got an OPT, whatever. When, the When you came to L.A., how much money did you have left? <sighs> Just more or less, just to get an idea. Like 80. Like 80 grand? Yeah. So you were down to from 200 to 80? Yeah. Because of schools. Okay. I didn't expect that. We were spending nothing a month, but even then, like food and all that stuff. 
So from there, I, I landed in LA. I started doing that. I got my worker's permit. And the, the first thing I realized from all of that time that went by is I'm never going to be a good actor because I'm not good looking. I'm not charming like those guys. I mean, you're, you're pretty good. I, uh, thank you so much. You're so good looking too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, this is never going to work out for me. Uh, people make fun of my accent all the time. I'm just going to move away from that and I'm just going to create my own opportunities. When I started doing that and producing small shit for myself, other people started to ask me, produce this stuff for me. And then for bigger movies, people started to come in and ask me like, do you want to work with me? Do you want to work with me? And I've always moved around the circle of people with money. Mm-hmm always since I was a kid. And I never understood how important that was going to be for me because immediately I was able to start pulling deals together. So I knew I would hear someone like, oh, I want to get into this, into how I have money. I want to invest in this. And and I would find someone that had something similar that he wanted. So I would go and research, middleman the shit out of it, put it together and make deals, make deals, make deals until I was big enough and had the balls to go make my first movie, my second movie, third movie. And even then, you're not making that much money. Yeah. Then you get into studio movies with TV. They'll cut you a million, million and a half dollar check, two million dollar check, and then you do whatever you want with the money. You got to be very good at it, but you got to do whatever you want. Yeah. Started saving, saving, saving. And from all of my savings in 2000, I want to say it was 2010, the market was garbage. Mm-hmm. The first thing that they like I learned from my rich friends was you got to have your money in a money market account. So you got to have bonds, you got to have stocks, you got to have shares. You got to buy all these things in order for you to have money. Yeah. So I did that. Market wasn't the shit. So all my money that I was putting in was disappearing. And I go, well, fuck this. Uh, what do people with r- money do? Real estate. They buy buildings. I, at least my richest friend in New York owned all of New York. I was like, wow. this guy owns shit. I want to own shit too. So I said, worst case scenario, the worst thing that can happen to me is I'll buy an office building and I'll just work out of there. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to buy an office. So it was the right time. It was the right market. I had no idea, to be honest with you. I just moved into real estate out of fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, what a great business mind you are. You thought about that. No. So you never had a mentor. It was just you just mentor, Dude, I would pay anyone to fucking teach me something at yeah. this point. No one ever teaches me shit. I'm there falling off the bike all by myself every single time. So I had no idea what to do. I bought the building. And once I bought the building, I realized all the problems that it had. So I had to fix it. I fixed it. I had it for some time. And then the government of a country came in and said, we want to buy this building. And I was like, it's not for sale. And they offered me so much fucking money. that I was like, it's for sale. (laughs) Gave them the building, bought more. And then from there, started to stack up. and, And I was doing production at the same time and whatnot. So... By then, I had broker deals for a water company, for movies. I also put together a $450 million fund together to buy a film studio uh, with Mexican money because I'm very well-versed in uh, 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 tapping into soft monies and other kind of financing mm-hmm. that people are not so creative with. That's something that I'm really fucking good at. So we put together this fund. We're going to buy a studio. We understand the shit. So I had all that experience that I, like all these different things that I've done in my life that come from financing, entertaining, like all that stuff. And all of that became more and more and more. So once I, be, I, I once I turned 30, I said, I'm done working my ass off. I, I haven't had a summer in I don't know how many years. I'm done with this shit. I'm working for, no, not for me, clearly, because I'm never home. I'm always just on the road doing something. So I stopped working. That's when I opened my YouTube channel. And then from there, I opened all these other companies that I have and 
that's where we're at today. When you open your YouTube channel, how much did you have, more or less? What? Like money. Uh, at that point, well, hang on. The When I opened my YouTube channel, when I was 30, yeah. I had money. Okay. Millions. But you but you opened that, you opened uh, YouTube before that? I did in 2000, in 2008. And and was, back then you were just getting started, right? I was getting started, but I was already, because I remember making... my first, my first uh, uh, middleman deal paid me 220 something thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And I remember that because I went and bought a car with that money. So when I started getting those checks, I was like, I don't fucking care about anything. I'm, I'm getting paid. So I bought like the dumbest shit. I put myself in debt many times that I shouldn't have. Like I bought a 430 that I certainly couldn't afford because I never, I've never had a steady, uh, a steady paycheck. I've never worked for anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've always worked on commission, whether it's selling sneakers, whether it's selling something or waiting, building a business, selling yeah, yeah. it. So yeah, it's been. And, and the reason why I ask you about money, because a lot of people that are watching this, they're like, they're hard, they're, they're scared to go for it you know they're scared to go for it and then and then like i started with nothing i had nothing like i was like shit broke and i fucked up everything a lot of times i fucked up my credit like everything went to shit and and i don't know why my wife kept believing in me we slept in a car you and we i are on the same boat my friend and, yes and and a lot of people just don't go for it and yeah. you have like the chilango uh uh blood and you just go for it go for it and then what all of a sudden something works out and everybody's like oh shit now everybody is, is overnight like success And yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you started investing in real estate, I bought a three unit property. So I financed at FHA. I had no, no idea what FHA was, but somebody yeah. told me, hey, buy three units, buy them FHA. So I started buying three units. And then my wife, before she married, before we got married, I told her, we're not getting married. She wanted to get married. I'm like, we're not getting, gonna get married until you buy your four units FHA. Because you, you know you could do two FHAs. Yeah, yeah. So like, like for example, Belen could get a FHA deal. Mm -hmm. You could get an FHA deal. Now you have eight units with three and a half and three and a half. So that's how I started. And that was like my accidental million dollar strategy. And I know that when you did- Why? Your, Why did you do that? Because somebody told me, a mentor that I had told me I was gonna buy a single family. Back in 2008, I lost everything. I got my two single family properties uh, foreclosed mm -hmm. and I just lost everything. My S550 Mercedes that I had, they got repossessed and then they took everything. I was homeless and I only I only had my Ford Explorer. So for two months, I slept in the Ford Explorer with my now wife, uh, Sylvia, and she stayed with me those two months because I was like, I I was partying crazy, girls, dr alcohol, drugs, and uh, Fun. All, all those things, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, like yeah, yeah. when you make up appointments in the morning because you want the girl to like leave because another girl's coming. <laughs> I used to fake appointments only to drive around the block, come back home <laughs> and be like, okay, <laughs> go back to bed. Because the girl wouldn't leave. And I'm like, fucking shit, leave. And, and so I, I was crazy. But my, my girl forgave me and we were like homeless and everything. And then every, I picked it up. Every year I got a little bit better, a little bit better. And then I was going to buy another house. And I went to see a house in the hills. And it reminded me again of, oh, girls. And I was looking at the view because it was a, a tiny little shack in Hollywood Hills. And I pictured the table and the girl dancing and, and, and you, you know, like, like going around. And, and, then, and then my mentor, I told him, Well, I went back. He was my mentor because he was my broker at the time. He was a millionaire. So I wanted to make a million like him. He was an older guy. His name was Mark. Yeah, and he told me, before. don't yeah, don't buy another single family. It's gonna, you're gonna fuck it up like you did before. Yeah, I know what you're doing. You want parties. So, so he said, buy four units, buy three units, FHA. So I did that. And in five years, it gained, I made half a million dollars almost. So 460,000 
because it went up. I was making passive income every month. I paid it down. And then my wife did the same with the four unit. I got a three unit. And those two properties combined made like 700 and something thousand. I was going to say, I'm, that's when the money starts rolling nicely. Yeah. yeah. So, so that little thing with real estate, I got more and more and more. I made millions and it gave me more options to go buy more, start more businesses, take more risks, bigger risks. And, and I remember uh, I heard a story of you that you started buying uh, homes, cash for a great deal. And then you pulled out money. Is, is no, no, no. Like so it's not homes. It would be buildings. Okay. So you go into a commercial real estate deal. Let's say it's a $10 million deal, right? It's a beautiful building, but you want to make sure one location, like mm -hmm. every, like my criteria for this is this, and, and, and it's really simple and disappointing for everyone. So I'm sorry. Would I work out of that building? If my bougie ass would work out of that building, I'll buy it. Then okay. it qualifies. Then I want to make sure that I don't have a lease on it or that the leases are, I'm able to move. Also, I want to make sure that I can fix the building cheaply, like very cost effectively, and then get tenants in. So for example, let's say that you make a $10 million play, right? You're going to go $10 million. So if the building is $10 million, I would, I would, I would go in, look at the place, say, I'm going to put $11 million into this thing, mm -hmm. 1 million to fix it, the other 10 just to buy the property. And then I'm going to get my, my tenants in. Once I get my tenants in and I upgraded the building, I go to the bank and I go, guys, how much is my building worth? Because you have cash flow, because you better the building and all of that stuff, the bank's going to come back mm -hmm. and instead of giving you 10, they're going to say worth 13, 14, you pull 50% out, then you go buy another one. And, and, and that's obviously if you're going with a cash strategy, it's, it, it, it differs on how you want to do it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like on everything, there's sometimes where, uh, and a lot of people make money like this when in the United States, they were giving you loans with nothing down. Yeah. Like you wanted to buy a $100 million building. All right, here's your building. Uh, here's the loan. Uh, here's your monthly payment. And if one day they didn't pay rent, then you were fucked and they would repossess the building. Yeah. That's how my friend made all of his money in New York. Mm -hmm. So I went and asked him after the first one and I sold it for so much. What should be my strategy for this? And he goes, it's simple. What you did is right. If someone comes and offers you an insane amount of money for your property that you won't make in rents in 15 years, take it. And if not, get into the property, add value to the property, pull money from the bank, go buy another one, copy, repeat, boop, boop, yeah. boop, and start stacking your properties like Monopoly. And, and this is office buildings or is it tenants? Office buildings. Office I fucking buildings. hate dealing with people. Yeah. So I did not go into home anything because of that. Until this day, you still keep getting the part, like uh, the, the offices? Yeah. You still invest in real estate? Yeah. Well, I did. I pulled out of everything except one. Okay. A big property that I have, and that property has a bank. So when COVID happened and everybody's like, no one's paying rent. I was like, Fuck, the bank's not going anywhere. I got so lucky. But the rest, I'm moving all of my stuff from real estate into my new businesses because we're making so, like, the revenue is so much greater yeah. on the other stuff now. Yeah, that yeah. He, Like, real estate is cool. Yeah. If you're a passive investor, want to make money and not really have fun, I love to have fun. Yeah. And just like you said, you were homeless once. You've been mm -hmm. pushed to the wall. You've, been, you've, you've seen what the worst thing that can happen is yeah. and what it's like and yeah, it's not yeah. that bad it's like oh this is the worst thing that can yeah. happen let me fucking go balls to the wall and that's what i do every single time yeah and you know what like because from the beginning part where you were started from nothing and then you i believe that that was your break real estate that that made you a ton of money that's what did it for me so i got real estate and i sold most of it 
Like I, I own very real, very little real estate right now. But that's my good apartments. for you right now. I got the millions out, and now I'm making so much money with other businesses that it's like I'm, I'm, I'm in, and I like that. And what I forgot uh, earlier was about um, what fulfills you. Like, like right now, like you're obviously you have millions and millions and millions. You're, 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 you're very wealthy. No, 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 no. Creating value. I mean, I mean for, for, for us that we came uh, from Mexico well, yeah, dude, City, yeah. like who expected us to be here, right? No. But, but my point is, uh, you, you said something about uh, like what's success for you? Just being happy. Being happy. Living the life that you want to live, however that is. Obviously, money is something different because that's a, that's a variable that you need in life. Mm -hmm. That's a constant, right? Just like gravity. You need fucking money. You need gravity and it's there and it's there. So you got to go take it. The money, not the gravity. The gravity is already there. Uh, so to me, it's not so much of, oh, I want to make money. Because also that whole capitalist system that's being pushed to everyone, like you got to make so much money or you're fucking worthless. If you're not a CEO, you're worthless. I hate that. Yeah. It puts so much pressure on people that should not exist at all. If you want to be an entrepreneur, fucking good luck because it's horrible. That's yeah. number one. You got to be a certain type of person. And, and, and then you're going you're gonna to struggle for a long time until finally all of your stuff, all of the seeds that you planted start uh, flourishing. Yeah, yeah. And it takes a long time for that to happen. And people don't realize that. Yeah. And, and, and everyone that is like, oh, I'm making so much money for this guy that I'm, he's my boss. But you got security. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So this whole thing about, like, you're not happy unless you own your business. And no. Success to me is if I'm able to do whatever I want with my life and be happy doing what I do, that's success. Yeah. That's it. No matter, like, it's not a, it's not a number. It's not a... Because most people think you, you make a lot of money and you're going to be happy. Like, for example, no. like right now, you have a lot of things going on. Do you still have problems or do you... Or, or no, problems only get bigger. Yeah. Because now... Now you get people like, for example, uh, uh, we'll create a product. And if that company becomes successful in its own, like uh, let's say my clothing company did at first, then you're going to have people that come out and start attacking you in ways that you would, you have never been attacked before because you're taking market shit away from them, away mm -hmm. from them. And then it becomes a whole different mess that you got to take yourself, like you got to take care of yourself for in certain situations. And also, obviously, I there's I have this great relationship with money, obviously, because I love making it and, and you know, uh, I'm good at it. But I fucking hate what it does to people. Yeah. People lose themselves into money like money should never make you. Yeah. You make the money. That's it. And that's oh, that's such a big problem. Yeah. It, it, and I want to talk about the because you're a power couple, right? You have your your wife that helps you out with a lot of things. My you, it reminds me of my relationship because yeah. like like I'm the face, but they do all the work, so, <laughs> right? Don't tell everybody that that's how we roll. So so, but before I get into that, I like we're talking about money. So the exotic cars, mm -hmm. like how did how did you get your first exotic car, and and how did it make you feel, and did it help you to market yourself and and scale more? Because I know that you had a lot of cars, yeah. And now you have less cars. Yeah. Uh, like, how did the whole exotic thing play out? No. So the exotic thing came about the moment that I could put myself in debt. That's when I got my first exotic, which was the 430. Okay. Yeah. After making my sweet deal, I remember just getting the paycheck and going like, I need to spend this money right away before someone else spends it for me. <laughs> Went to the Ferrari dealer and I just put myself in a massive amount of debt. The worst, by the way, if I saw that deal today, I would spit in that guy's face. But I was that stupid. I took the car. 
I had a great time with it, but I didn't use it for anything. Again, I was busy all fucking day. So I had my cars. I would go to the gas station. I'll clean them. I'll go with my wife to a restaurant, go for a drive, come back. And then whenever I was home, um, but it was never, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to be a car guy. Then people started, like, when I was able to get more or cooler cars, I would go to a car, uh, car wash and people were like, do you go to Cars and Coffee? I was like, what the fuck is that? It's a place where people get together and they bring their cars. So I started going to those. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm meeting people that have cars and whatnot. Um, and then from there, I just did my own thing. I made my own circle in that, in that space. And then I got a lot of cars. I got to a point where I had way too many cars. And... It's kind of stupid. Like you, I had a, I had a blast. I don't regret anything, but uh, uh, I ended up selling them because I had a car that caught on fire. Yeah. And when my car caught on fire, I got really fucked up in the head. I didn't understand how or why it was that bad. So I got rid of all my sports cars because I knew that the audience was gonna make me get more cars because they were gonna be like, "You fucking didn't buy a car, you pussy." That's what I thought. But then I realized, why am I letting these guys tell me what the fuck to do? This is my yeah. life. And I waited, waited, and and by the time I was going to buy, again, cars, I analyzed, I, I, I always look at the market, mm -hmm. whether it's cars, the value of goods, like, I, I like to understand where value is. And I noticed that the market had been stale for a long time, there hadn't been any gains whatsoever, uh, the economy had been, like, stagnant, and I said, cars are going to come down, by March of next year, they're going to go down. So I saved my money on October, whatever, I cashed out all my shit, because I was going to buy cars. And we, my wife and I were going to buy a house and, and redo it. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. So we're sitting on cash right now yeah. with great deals available and more better deals are opening up right now. So that's where we stand. I don't have that many cars right now because one, I don't feel anymore that pressure that, oh, now you're the car guy. You need to have a million cars. And the other one was when COVID hit and we were home for three, three months. Yeah. The cars are just sitting in the garage and I felt so stupid for having them. Like I take one car that I go really enjoy to the canyons and the rest are just sitting there. Yeah, I own them. That's fucking cool. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you also changed, maybe matured or, or started having different priorities with your wife? And, and that was the reason that you were like, you know what? I don't need all these cars or... or... No, because we, we can... I mean... If we want to, we can just get the cars. It yeah. wouldn't change anything in our lives. Yeah. The, the real change came from last year. I really made myself, the last two years, uh, I opened all these brands. Yeah. I created all these products, brands, companies, and I put my heart and soul into it. And I love, love what I did. And I love doing what I do. And I love being able to do that. And I've been focused so much on that, that I'm not so... Yeah, yeah, busy I mean, with the car thing makes anymore. A lot of sense. You don't have any kids, right? No, thank no? God. No, no, no plans for. What kids. about you? Oh, we have we we have um, two little girls that we had to like force to go down there, convince them. One seven months and one's uh, three and a half years. Her name is Italia, so I named her after the four five eight. I love that name too. Yeah. Italy is my favorite yeah. place in the world. Yeah. Oh man, congratulations! Thank you, thank but you. No plans for us, no kids. You you don't plan on having any any kids? No, we don't want to. We do not want to have kids. Hmm. It's been it's been a long life, man. I yeah. want to enjoy it, like. This time around, when I call it quits and I say, I'm going to retire, I'm legit going to chill. Not for the rest of my life. I'm going to build more stuff, but I'm never going to work the way I worked. Never. Yeah. Like I've, you, you're like a workaholic. You have to. 
you know, like if you really want to get yeah. to be the number one at anything, you're going to have to outwork everybody else. You're going to have to get better than them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's so, the, I, I, unless you know a better way. No, I, 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 I tried the four, four hour work week uh, when I was like, like 18, 19 and didn't, it didn't work. You did not, not work? No, it didn't work. Yeah. Out. See? Yeah. So I that's why I stay away from it. So, so now that we're talking about your, your, your wife, like I have an incredible, beautiful wife that she plans and organizes everything. She does all the, the hard stuff. And I just go down there and, and I just kind of like talk and put on the show and entertain people. And, and, but not, I'm not nearly like 1% as good as you are, like putting on good entertainment and, and, and just the way you, the way you storytell is the best. I've ever I've thank ever you get out of here thank you thank and you so I think that because you, you have a history of, of creating movies mm -hmm. and and because you're from Mexico City but but what what do you what what how do you feel that you learn all that stuff like how did you become so good at creating a story and and because the stories sell products I I, I want to separate those two because mm -hmm. I don't think the story in in this case like the way you're saying it yeah. the storytelling will help sell the product it's more the passion for it. So let me get into the storytelling. The storytelling is rather simple, right? Because for years, I wrote how many scripts? Can you imagine the amount of scripts that I had to, I produced over 20 something movies. Yeah. And so I wrote a mil, I, I, I read a million scripts. I wrote a bunch of movies that I made because I didn't want to pay writers. I wanted to keep as much money as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote, I directed movies. Not the best, but you know, I direct, I wanted to, I really wanted to make a passion project of mine. So I spent a hundred thousand dollars making the worst movie ever. And I acted, directed, produced it. I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much from that. So the storytelling comes from a bottled desire to create your own stories. Because as a movie maker, I got, I was never able to make the movies that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. I was really good at making them, but I was not very, I don't know. I don't want to say I was not very good at picking the content because clearly if I got produced, uh, uh, I was good at picking it, but I was never the shit that I liked. Yeah, apparently was not financially viable in the movie business. So when I, that's what made me stop. I was making so much money. I was working like crazy, but I was not getting rewarded. I can make a movie with my fucking eyes closed now. Like, it's, it's easy. After for all, you, for after you. all the work, it becomes easy. I know the seven people I need to call. I need. I I know exactly what to tell them. I know how to budge. Like all that stuff, you know. So when I decided I'm done, I'm not getting my creative juices really like going anywhere. I'm just producing for others. I'm producing for independence. I'm producing for TV. I'm producing for these studios. I'm not doing my own story. When I quit that and I found myself on YouTube, I was telling my own stories. Yeah. And that's when I really fell in love with just sharing them and telling them. And I think the love that comes from telling those stories, along with the education that really came from filmmaking, really makes for a really good conversation like a really good combina combination of both so that so that that love the, the way you you express it you think that's the the reason why your youtube channel just took off and became really really big i think it's that and the relatability because i it's just me i'm not putting up any walls like the idiot that you guys see is just who i am Mm -hmm. you know when people say oh how is he off camera it's sadly the same moron that he is on camera yeah you know yeah so that yeah, it, it's it's uh it's funny because when before you were coming, like, you, like I told you uh, off camera, like this is the best energy ever because I've I've had a lot of cool people uh, on my podcast, but never somebody. And I think because like most of us are Latinos, yeah, you know, like ninety percent. I think I think ninety or eighty five percent of the, of our companies, mm -hmm. all companies, are are Latinos. 
So everybody was so so excited and, and everybody wanted to come. I would have had like 50 people here, but I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Get like, out of here. Like, like, like uh, Alejandro, they know you as Salamon, Salamondrin. So I'm like, no, Alejandro is going to, it's too many people. Like, so I, I brought two people, right? And, and, I, and it was like the energy was so good. And when you walked in, we didn't know what to expect. So everybody was like, who opens the door? He's knocking. <laughs> and, 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 and my wife was like, you open it. And, and, and then everybody's like looking around like, who's going to because everybody for some reason thought you were going to come and, and, and eat him. And just be a fucking dick. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. It's great to meet you all. So I, and I told Steph, <laughs> look, I've met a lot of people and, and, and from I was telling my, my wife, like, hey, like she was asking, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And I'm like, well, I have to conversate. I had conversations with and, I, and I'm, I know you, you have as well. You have friends that, that have a lot of money, people that have a lot of money, people that have a little money, people that are in the middle. And like, and I, and I, it's my, I'm real, you know, like it's my businesses that I created. I feel pretty confident. So I'm not nervous. I'm just curious. Like, how is he going to be? So I told Steph, either he's going to be that person that's really, really good on, on camera and doing lives and all that stuff. And in person, he's shy or he's just going to be the same. And, and I said, I, I don't know. Like, but everybody was like, I wonder how he's going to be. How is he going to, is he going to come in and, and, and be kind of, <laughs> un, un, uh, some, some guy from my office told me, yo creo que va a ser medio mamón. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. But, but uh, do you get a, when people meet you the first time, do you see them kind of, kind of sometimes like, I wonder how, how Salomon's going to be? Well, they, so th that's the, that's the feedback that I get. And that's yeah. what, like going back full circle to what you asked. When I meet people and they go, man, you're just like in your videos. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know. Isn't it disappointing? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that being able to relate yeah. to someone and seeing me because I'm and the way I see myself is I'm anybody. Yeah. Like I'm legitimately I am the combination of all the people around me. That's mm -hmm. what I am. I'm just a byproduct of all of them. But I'm anybody. I'm someone that appreciates everything in his life and i think that's that shows and people can relate to that because yeah. they know oh man once i can buy that car once i can buy a house once i can buy that i'm gonna enjoy it just like him yeah because i'm not hiding behind the cool wall I'm, nothing it's yeah. just my stupid self and thank god that works yeah because man i'd be on the street otherwise that that's so awesome so i, I know your time is really valuable just want to go over two more things really quick hit me and and uh i want to before i jump into your youtube because mm -hmm. uh, i want to i want to spend a little bit of time on that but your your tequila i mean not your tequila your mezcal, mezcal. Your, your mezcal and yes. your mezcal your yes. mezcal and your watch so <laughs> yes. so i grew up when i got into real estate and mortgages i was like 19 20 and everybody had a bands and a beamer and a rolex so i said i said i want to i want to have a rolex and and I got a Rolex and like oh I gotta get an AP watch now and and I gotta get that and I noticed that you have you don't wear any of, of those shits you I have, got rid of them you 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 have you have your your own watch which yeah. is the the Gorilla watch right yeah. so can you talk about like why did you make that decision let me get rid of my fancy watches and let me just create my 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 own watches I, I wish I was that smart like that right but it all came about again it's all about sniffing out opportunity and seeing it and seizing it and especially with the as you go, you're learning yeah. more and more stuff. So then you get to see value from a distance. So when I started doing YouTube, I realized there's no way mm -hmm. as a YouTuber, I'm going to exist for the rest of my life. If I just really make this my own business, the day people stop watching me, there's nothing more. I'm going to have to start. I'm going to have to start selling hot dogs or something because what's going to happen. So I analyzed what every major celebrity that was filthy rich was doing. They all own brands and all of those brands were high-end luxury brands and they were all in the, like the most successful, either the alcohol 
tech business, and some of them just do for pure pleasure watches. Yeah. But mostly collapse with watches. They never touch the, they never go in and go and start one. So I also looked up what is the number one uh, thing that men want to buy online. And watches was one of them. So at the time that I was doing that and I realized I need to start creating brands for myself, people were sending me stuff to my P.O. box. Because I would tell them, if you're part of the community, you have a business, send me your stuff. We'll share it if it's good with people so they can see it and help yourself out. So I started getting a lot of watches, which yeah. made sense because a lot of those people want to get the same car audience, male-driven, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at all these watches and they're all fucking garbage. Like garbage is it, and God bless him, and didn't show them, but they were terrible. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking after two or three months, man, I'm never going to find anything. Like these guys are low level guys because of this. Yeah. That's the only people that are going to reach out. And I remember I had a package that had a right. It was a little box and I had it in my closet. Not sure why or anything. I didn't open it. And then it, finally I got to it. I was leaving for Goodwood. And I grabbed my box, I opened it, and it was this Gorilla watch. And I, it had a note on it. I said, I don't give a shit about the note. I'll, throw it, I'll put it in there for, if I like the watch, I'll bring it back. So closed it, put the watch on, and left for England. I loved the watch. That was the number one thing. I loved the way it feels, like how much it weighs, the styling, the materials, and the pricing. Like what they were saying was... The, the price of the watch. Mm -hmm. And everyone at Goodwood was like, man, your watch is sick, your watch is sick. And this is people with RMs, with, you know, uh, a, uh, APs, Rolex, Pateks. And they're like, your watch is cool. So after a week, I came back and I was like, this watch is, this is the one. I'm going to call the guy who sent it to me. Let me see what little fucking dick is. Look at the card. And in the card, I realized it's the ex-head of design of AP. Oh, wow. And he decided to quit at AP along with uh, uh, his business partner, Lucas. So it's Octavio and Lucas. They both work with AP and all, obviously sourcing parts for Rolex, Patek, like all these other companies. So they knew how to design. They knew how to price out. They knew how to get special pieces. So I told them, this is the best watch I've gotten. I want to work with you guys on this. What are your plans for the future? And then from there, we became really close and we started working together. And I said, let me be your head of marketing. Let me be that guy. I, I can take you guys somewhere. Yeah. And I, I am eternally grateful. They believed in me and that's how the watch thing came up. And, and, and the success in the watch thing, because we got nominated for watch of the year last year oh, for wow. this one. Congrats. Uh, thank you. In Geneva, like at the Academy Awards of Watches, if you will. So we got nominated for watch of the year and, and uh, for this one. The genius from this doesn't come from me at all. What I learned was as long as you find the right and perfect person that knows how to do that business and has been in that business forever, they have a vision. Obviously, money is another thing. Yeah. The rest can be done easily and anything can be made a success story. So I grabbed that and it became a thing. You know, we developed the next collections and then the next pieces and then everything else. Did you put out the money and they no. had the no, they had everything. No. They had everything. That was the that that was to me the most incredible part of this. Wow. That was what opened my eyes to that. And I said, this is incredible. Now I'm gonna try to do the same in many other things. And and in in like we did it with clothing, for example. My clothing line, the reason why I did my own clothing line was because I knew my wife was an incredible, incredible yeah. designer. Because she worked with me in movies. And she would kick ass, like she would kick everyone's ass. All the girls that work in wardrobe that had been working in movies for 10, 20 years, Belen was better. 
I was like, clearly she knows what she's doing. So yeah. I said, do a clothing line for me. That's what everybody, like all the big YouTubers, like the massive ones at that time were doing. Nobody had a clothing line or anything or merch. So I told her, do this. And in a year or two, we'll do a female one. And that's going to be the good one. And she goes, I don't know. I've never done this before. I'm like, just get it done. I don't, if it fails, I don't care. We're not going to lose that much money. And Belen became a beast. And her brand, I don't even fucking sell clothing anymore because her brand is destroying. Wow. I am convinced that Belen will pay my bills next year. I, we're, we're getting there. So she's I'm killing gonna it. I'm going to have a talk with my wife so that. But I you see, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. So you start recognizing what's working. What are the what are the important pieces of each business? So we saw that with clothing. We saw with the watches. We saw with the wheels, and then with the mezcal, which you want to get at, right? What yeah, is no, the, I, I was like, when you came in, I'm like, fuck, I, I, I wish I would have, uh, like, told him to bring me a bottle. I know. I'm sorry. But but, but tell me, I'm what happened sorry. with the bottle? The you, they're sold out. The so in, uh, the, the good thing. So we we went and uh, uh, another thing, an, another project of us, like another project that I had that was so big was the alcohol because I knew alcohol. Um, sales is what's making 50 Cent, Diddy, Jay-Z, billionaires. Not music. Mm -hmm. Alcohol sales. Alcohol sales making billionaires. So I need to figure this out. And coincidentally, at the same time that I start looking into it, a friend of mine from Hong Kong that has more money than God uh, hits me up and goes, Hey, Alejandro, I need you to buy me a mezcal company. And I'm like, why? He goes, mezcal is the hottest thing. I love it. I'm like, I, I've been drinking mezcal for 10 years. Straight up. And this guy from China, this Hong Kong guy, tells me that he's like a white guy that he's but why? And he goes, just go get me it. So I, you know, I charge money to go do these things. So start going to everywhere in Mexico, trying to find the best people, the best producers, the best operation, everything. And after that whole thing, I also got hired by a company in Mexico to create a tequila brand for them. So I'm, I'm in the middle of like, all right, I got the mezcal thing. I'm doing the tequila thing. And I can't remember what, like, what company it was. They had a presentation where they showed me the mezcal numbers. Like, how much the market for mezcal is growing. And we were, and, and another friend of mine from Mexico and I, we're going to launch a mezcal mixed drink. That's, we were going to do that together. So I go, dude, fuck that. Fuck the tequila. Fuck the mixed drink. Let's do a mezcal. Like, we're looking at the numbers. I love mezcal. That's easy to do. And then with that mezcal, we can do the mixed drink. So we're like, okay, let's do it. We just grabbed our friends and we said, let's go with this and run with it. Yeah. Following the Kardashian model. We need big social media uh, on it because we don't want to spend any money whatsoever. So we spend this much and we've sold this much, thank God. And right now, so we we have all of our export licenses ready. We have everything. We set up uh, distribution here in the US. So we that's already covered Dubai and some other places. Yeah. And as we were about to ship everything, we got into Amazon Mexico. Wow. And that blew up. And we couldn't keep the mezcal in Amazon, Mexico. We became the most sold mezcal in Amazon, Mexico really fast. And I go, damn, there's another platform in Mexico called Mercado Libre that could probably sell even more than these guys. So we went to Mercado Libre. We sell everything is gone. We had to pull all of the mezcal that we had everywhere to just satisfy those two. Forget about the restaurants that were shut down. Yeah. Just those two. And then obviously we started, and I can't say what uh, other places were coming out right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but the biggest retailers in Mexico. All, Especially with COVID, everybody wants to drink. Everybody in, in a recession. It's recession oh, yeah, proof, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Along with weed. So you're getting into sad times, alcohol well-priced, people will still drink. So, 
you know what you do? You you you're always looking for opportunity. Oh, when you find something, you go there and you grab it. You take the hit. Absolutely. It's like uh, the way I see it is I'm always in in the ring with another fighter. And I'm just waiting for a shot. And when that dude puts his hands down, I'm going to fucking punch him in the face as hard as I can. And if that knocks him out, great. And that's a home run, right? In yeah, the yeah. business world. But if he doesn't, then I'm going to let him fuck me up. Awesome. Uh, well, Alejandro, before uh, letting you go, I have yes. the, the final part that I want to talk about marketing. Like, you, That's the other part that I told you when you came in. Like, You're, you're a, gr a great marketer. And Thank and, you. And uh, obviously, it's a big part of why everything you touch is gold. Like you... <laughs> And and, Thank you. and and your YouTube channel, your your Instagram, everything you everywhere you go on social media, you get a lot of attention. I saw like there's people that they have more followers than you, like more like maybe they have like three, a three higher million, number. Mm -hmm. but they go on the live and they only have like 800 people uh, watching yeah. the live and you go on the live 2.5 million, I think. And you have like 6,000 people on at the same time or more. Yeah. Like, and, and I believe that's because all of your stuff is, is, is it, can you explain that? What, what's, why does that happen? And, and how did you blow up on YouTube? <laughs> I, I honestly think is um, relating to others. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't know how to describe this, but I relate to people way more than I should. Like, I feel hor when people are suffering and whatnot, like, I feel horrible when the Black Lives Matter movement started. Like, I was depressed for a week. Like, I have that extra connection with people I don't understand. And at the same time, I understand how people behave, which is also why reading The Economy is easy because The Economy is just people's trends, like mm -hmm. what they do. So rela relating so much to people has really made me realize that as long as I make a connection with whatever I'm I'm about to sell or if it's myself or if it's a YouTube channel, whatever it is, if I have that connection and I can make it fun, people will be there. And that's it, just that relation. And they know because I, I give a shit. I care. And I feel like that matters. Yeah. Because then you see other, other fucking sociopaths online yeah. that just want to do it because they want the attention, nothing else. Like I legitimately want to bring a service to people. I Listen, from it can go from... I want you guys to have a great time. I want you guys to laugh today and not think about your problems. It can go from something that simple or let me add a little bit more to your life. Let me talk to you about my experiences. Let me be your mentor from a distance, yeah. if you will, so that you don't fuck up the way that I have. Because, man, if I had someone that's telling me, don't do this because it's not going to work, you blah, 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 I take it. The shortcut to life is just listening to those that already did it. Yeah. Yeah, and when you started your YouTube channel, was it hard to grow it in the beginning, or did, how long did it take you to get like, like five thousand uh, subscribers? Oh, nothing. 10, subscribers? Nothing. Uh, and, the, and that's always been a weird thing. I started the YouTube thing, I told you in two thousand eight with the yeah. BlackBerry phones. Yeah. And the reason why I did it was I saw a BlackBerry video that was terrible. There was a guy reviewing a phone, and he was so boring. Like I was falling asleep watching him, and he had two hundred and fifty thousand views. And I told my business partner at the time, guy who has all the real estate in uh, New York. Dude, if that guy can get 250,000 views, if I make a video just making people laugh, I can easily break 1,000 with my first video. And he goes, no, you can't. That's the only thing you can't tell me in this world is that I can't do something. I'm like, really? You want to bet $5? He goes, let's bet $5. I grabbed my phone. I made a video, a couple jokes, 37,000 views in 24 hours. After I did that, because that's the first time I, I've uploaded to YouTube, I read the comments and I found the most interesting comments thinking, if I'm the audience, what do I want to watch for real? 
what's important here? And I grabbed those and I made videos on those and those blew up yeah. and I started blowing up. So understanding what the bottom line is, people want to be entertained and have fun. That's really what made it so simple. So once I opened my car YouTube channel, I was like, I'm just going to make a funny car review and see where that takes me. And that got 200,000 views in like two weeks. Wow. And I know, listen, it's not the right advice to tell people, unless it blew up like that, you have nothing going on. Like, no, it takes some time to get used to that. But I had already done it before where I understood it. And why, why is it so big on Facebook? Why is it so big on Instagram? Why is it so big on YouTube, on all channels? I, I learned one thing from uh, filmmaking, which is making sure that you can exploit your copyright as many times as possible or in the best way possible. So I'm looking at these outlets like distribution platforms. And if they're distribution platforms, there's a, a, a bottom line end user on the other end. How are they grabbing these platforms and how can I adapt my content to fit into that? I know it sounds a little vague, but that's yeah. really the easiest way to think about it. Like that, that gives you a huge advantage. Do you think you also got into it at the right time? Like you caught the trend? Do you think it's, do you think if you, well, you're just really talented, but like for the normal person, like if they start their YouTube channel today, you think it would have been easier to start their YouTube channel in 2010? I don't think so. I think it's still pretty easy right yeah. now. And, and the reason why I say that is, yeah, it's a saturated market, but there's more people watching, hmm. right? You have 7 billion eyes. Yeah. That's how many eyes are, are out there. So, and, and it's a free service. So for example, on YouTube, you're going to get more and more people that can blow up no matter what. And we're seeing it all the time, right? Yeah. Like there's new vloggers that come out and in two months they have a, a million yeah. subscribers. And you're like, how the hell did that happen? As long, and I actually think it's easier now than ever because YouTube wants you to consume so much that as long as you can pop in those recommended, you're golden. But you got to know how to get into those. And then you start analyzing because I also do software development of all things. So we created apps, websites, all that shit, analytics, data, databases. So you also understand the other end. I'm looking at what YouTube's doing, what they're recommending, how long these videos are, what is it about that video that's doing that? Let me, let me tailor my content more that way. Hmm. So it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. Well, off camera, I'm going to have to uh, ask you for your, for, for, for whatever, you, whatever your fee is so that you could help me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what do you like, I want to start editing but, your videos. Uh, yeah. But, but Alejandro, I'm, I'm really, uh, thank you for being here. I'm no, so excited about, you. about a uh, driven event. Uh, for, I'm so be pumped. Part of it. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Are we going to teach people some or what? Yeah. Everything, everything I, I want. People are so excited because 80% of our audience are Latinos. Yes. You're gonna, you're gonna yes. Because we need to learn how to do this yeah, shit. I, we I, all need I, to... I think the purpose of Driven, uh, just really quick, is to teach our like our people that they think that you have to be a Donald Trump, you have to be a Grant Cardone, a Tony Robbins to be successful. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and like we're proof that, hey, you don't have to be, you don't have to wait till you're old. You don't have to be a certain color. Like anybody that has the right information and that has the courage and that just goes for it, you're able to create something. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. That is the most beautiful lesson ever. And that, that's why I can't wait to, to be. Yeah. The, the, people know the dates already. Can I say? Yeah. yeah like yeah. I can't wait for September. September. Yeah. Can we get it done already? Yeah, we're going to get it done. September 19th. Thank you so much for so having thank me. Thank you, bro. Where can people follow it. you? Uh, you guys, uh, on, 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 let's do Instagram. It's the easiest. At Salamondrin. At Salamondrin on Instagram, please. There you go, guys. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you so thank much, you. Albert. Thank really you. appreciate it. So good to see you, dude.